0: Oh man, it is hump day already. That means we are halfway through the week at exactly lunchtime today when the stretch show wraps up. We will be halfway through the week, halfway to the weekend. This weekend, we got more racing going on and we got a reprieve. You'll hear about it in the Moto Minute. It is a a glorious victory lap rant from stretch, claiming full credit for everyone getting uh, an extra hours of sleep on Saturday. So I am fired up about that. that. That You'll hear that in the Moto Minute coming up here at some point today, if not during the stretch show this morning. And we will get down to racing. Coming up in moments, speaking of racing, we talked to our friend Dylan Ferrandez of the Star Racing Yamaha crew, and he's looking fast as F again. Dylan's dialing it in, man. I like that dude. Very cool guy. Of every rider we've ever interviewed, of the superstar, you know, uh, factory-level rider dude we've interviewed. No one has been more curious about the 49 and asked us more questions about the 49 after we were done talking to him. Well, we'll tell you about this and about this, and this is cool, and how do you do this? Uh, Just a cool dude, man. And I think a lot of people don't get the greatest vibe on Dylan. He's got a little bit of, of the... It's not a language barrier. He speaks perfect English, but I think there's some communication difference between Americans and and, uh, and Dylan at some point. And plus, the guy's got no Fs to give. I mean, let's be real honest here. This dude left everything he had. Left his country, left his family, left everybody and came over here to America to race. And you know what? You don't do that unless you're dead ass serious. And you are hell-bent on success. And he makes no apologies for being... He's, like, aggressive, but still fast and awesome. I love watching that guy ride... I dig everything about Dylan Ferrandez. Nothing but cool to the 49, got mad respect for him. And it will be a pleasure to sit down with him in a few moments and talk about that race last weekend at Southwick. So that is coming your way. Outside of that, I got a UFO story. As soon as we wrap up our conversation with Dylan, we're gonna get into the latest UFO stories, what I do. And then to be honest with you, here's what I, I got a few stories. I got a cool UFO story, we're gonna get into that. I got more shame to the great state of Alabama and it hurts my soul, it hurts my soul to do this, but I gotta do it. It's like, damn, Bama, we're turning into Florida. Florida's migrating north and it's affecting the great state of Alabama and I don't like it one bit, but this story I could not do. I got a story of how it used to be the greatest city in the world to be a police officer, talking about Toronto, Canada. Shout out to my Canadian homies up in the Great White North. And I'll get into that. And then I'm going to go into just rants. I got a couple personal life rants. And I have a rant that I have often said off the air to people. And I, I haven't put it on the air. And one of the reasons I haven't put it on the air is because I think a lot of people listening to the station will be like, F you, grumpy old man. But I'm going to go ahead and bring this rant to the air. And I'm going to, I guess set the boundaries of what I mean by it because so many people say it I hear it in my age group especially which is grumpy old fat man age group. I hear this all the time and I'm gonna set the parameters of it's like you don't want to throw too broad of a net when you're gonna rip on a group of people and you're like wow Stretch you're gonna be racist no I'm gonna be ageist but I'm gonna bring it and uh, I'm gonna set it up because I can tell you a lot of people listen to this radio station and a hell, a, lot, a hell of a lot of moto kids. And those moto kids, those are the toughest sons of bitches I ever met, man. Mad respect for anybody that races dirt bikes. And, and how they're different from the rant I'm going to go into, but all of that. And then I'm going to rant. Uh, uh, not rant, I'm just going to tell you a true story about uh, my wife and how much she hates me. And apparently, um, hummingbirds. This is the truth. The a true thing that happened in my house over the weekend. I was like, wow, man, I thought I was being nice. No, apparently I'm a giant homo, So, according to my wife. So we're going to get into all of this and much, much more because it is a stretch show and it's what I do. I'll talk about anything. Nothing's off bounds. Get into all of that coming up after we talk to our friend Dylan Ferrand is next right here on the 4-9. Day 49, it is a stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with a podium player from that 450 class. His name is Dylan Ferrandez, and he's fast as F out of France, and we like this dude. We love watching Dylan get down. Seems like you're getting better and better every single week, but we also know that today it was hot as hell out on that track, and maybe the most physically demanding track you guys have ridden on this entire summer so far. So how did you get ready for that? I know you still are working on dialing in the bike, but what did you do, I guess, uh, to get ready physically for this race? Was it different? And is this going to affect uh, next week's preparation, as this probably took a lot out of you physically today?
1: Um, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, we've been uh, struggling with the bike at the beginning of the season, so we had to... Yeah train uh, a lot during the week and try and uh do the best we could and uh yeah the last uh, few weeks i've been uh doing a lot and um yeah this week again uh we find some improvement on the bike and uh yeah uh i did some pretty pretty uh hard training in the heat in florida so uh, yeah. at some point i think the body uh, just cannot keep up so i feel like yeah this weekend uh, was maybe what's uh, made me struggle a little bit i was pretty tired and uh, yeah boss moto i try uh, I tried to go out, and uh, yeah, especially that second moto when I was uh, behind Jet, I just try, and uh, yeah, at some point uh, I hit the wall, and I just couldn't do uh, anything else but back up and uh, and cruise around. So yeah, it's part of uh, season, you know. It's hard some time to to not training, but yeah, for sure for the the, the week ahead, uh, I think now we are in a good spot with the bike. Uh, we will probably uh, I will we relax a little bit and uh, maybe. Maybe uh, train less because obviously in Florida the heat is pretty hard and uh, it does it's, a toll on the body for sure. All right,
0: Len. Let's talk about this. We asked Jet this question. Uh, like, what's going through your your mind out there? What is happening on that track, especially on a day like today? You got Jet, who's got him in front of you. You're trying to run him down, but at the same time, you know that Chase is right there as well, and you've got other dudes rolling up on you. I know AP was right there, so what's going through your mind uh, on a day like today in this race situation?
1: Uh, today, yeah, I think I was uh, trying to manage my uh, my energy. But normally, no, I just uh, okay. I just uh, don't really think about anything. I just uh, nice. look at the gap with the guy in front, the gap uh, with the guys behind, and just try to go as fast as I can without being uh, being uh, out of control. And uh, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. I think I've been doing this for so long that uh, I don't I don't really yeah. think about anything. I just, uh, I mean, it's become like a, uh, like normal. I probably think, but it becomes so much natural that, yeah, I don't really pay attention. Like, uh, now, you such, like, when it's racing, uh, you're in the zone and you don't really think about something, you just do what you do in practice and uh, what you do all your life and uh, under the helmet, I don't know, you (laughs) focus on the important stuff that you need to be on uh, during a race, during a a riding session, I don't know, pretty... Pretty simple stuff. Uh, I don't think I think about anything crazy.
0: All right, and then what do you do? Like, or what do you want from your mechanics on your pit board? What information do you want? Do you ask them, "Give me this or this or this"? Like, what's going on with the communication between you and your crew during a race?
1: I like to know uh, what the gap between uh, the guys in front of me and the guys uh, behind me. Um, Yeah, what's what section on the track I'm slow? I like to know that. Okay. No, just lap time. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we it's almost like uh, for us, the racer, it's almost like we go ride without uh, the mechanic, uh, like without the pit board. Uh, yeah. If you're not first, uh, you know okay. what you have to do. You have to go faster and try yeah. to pass the guy. So, <laughs> <Got> <laughs> I mean, there's not, not many crazy information uh, the mechanic can give. Sometimes, yes, a little yeah. bit. Like if there's a line on the track or a jump that you need to jump. Uh, yeah, if you're not right. first, uh, yeah. you have to go for it. All right.
0: I, I absolutely uh, makes sense, man. Thanks for the insight. Always love to know. What's, you know, going through your brain when you guys are out on the track in the heat of the moment, going as fast as you are making those split second decisions. So uh, congratulations on another podium, Dylan. It looks like you are getting that bike dialed in and I love watching the progress you're making week after week. Can't wait to see you uh, push jet some more for some wins. And we will be there when you get back on the podium, my friends. So, congratulations again to you and the Star Racing Yamaha crew. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again next week. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme.
1: The Man Urge.
0: Entertainment Report! All right, it sucks to be Kevin Costner. Remember, his wife that he's getting divorced from was asking for $250,000 a month in child support. Kevin said, yeah, how about 38 grand and you get the F out of my house? She did agree to finally leave the house. Then Kevin offered her 50 grand a month. She still said no. It went to court yesterday and the judge said, hey, Kevin, oh contraire, mon frere, you're going to pay $129,755 a month in child support. But to show you that we're not totally biased against you. We're gonna make sure out of that $129,000 a month, she pays at least half of the children's expenses. Oh, that's sweet. That fight between the douchebag Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk may actually happen because it looks like freaking Zucker douche is really egging Elon on, man. He went to his fake Twitter that he started and he reinstated the account of that douchebag kid that posted all of the private information about Elon's private jet and where it is and where he is at any given time. And then Elon got him kicked off Twitter when he bought it. Well, Zuckerdouche has restarted those accounts and Elon can't be happy about that. Then yesterday, he posted a photo of him training with UFC fighters Israel Azenyatta and Alex Volkanovski and the dude is jacked. I mean, absolutely ripped like 3% body fat and muscle. Now granted, he's a billionaire. It's pretty easy to do and he doesn't work four jobs or have to stay at the office all freaking day, but still, he'd kick Elon Musk's ass. I promise you that. Remember Dog the Bounty Hunter who looks like a white raisin? Remember when he had those crazy racist rants that pretty much got him cancel cultured? Somehow he crept back into the mainstream media and now he's got on a big homophobic rant so expect another apology tour coming and another cancellation coming for the great white raisin. The man man with Stretch. Oh man, it wouldn't be a stretch show without a UFO update. I got one every day now. This stuff just keeps rolling and rolling. And what's happening, the most telling information I am getting is much like what I'm getting today, coming straight from Washington lawmakers on Capitol Hill, who have sat in these hearings and meetings and heard the whistleblowers and have heard classified stuff we can't hear. And then they go out and talk to the press, which by the way is exactly why Dudes like Grush wouldn't talk to people that didn't have a security clearance. And they say the problem is the people that have the really gnarly security clearance, like they all have it to some degree, but some have a higher security clearance than others. He wouldn't tell them stuff because it's against the oath he took to be. He's a freaking soldier, man. That's what that guy is. And most of these dudes will honor that till the day they die. And they will never betray that oath of, you know, breaking classified information that they take national security very seriously. So lawmakers, they don't got that oath. They're a bunch of morons who want to win uh, re-election. They want to grab some headlines and they want to go out there and and they also have big giant egos and want to swing their tiny penises like their big Justin Barshashlongs. That's what they want to do. So they go out there and try to boss people around and tell people what to do. And that's what happened here. We got a Republican out of Tennessee. His name is Tim Burchett. He's been in these meetings. And he did an interview this week where he said the government's known about UFOs, he says, since 1897. He says they can fly underwater, which I don't think is really called flying. And he says they don't show a heat trail. He explained that alien technology, uh, he believes the government is aware of and appears to defy physics as we know it. Now, as a member of the House Oversight Committee, he is part of the investigation overseeing the UFO hearings currently. And he says, when there's visual proof, there isn't any. And he has a reason for that. And and he's, I think, spot on on this. Uh, He says, there is visual proof as far as, it's out there on YouTube, it's out there on Google, it's out there on TikTok, unfortunately for all of us. So are 50 gazillion douchebags. And for every one real video that might be up there, there's 3,500 fake videos and you don't know when the real ones are real. And that's part of the misinformation program. Trust me, nobody wants more fake videos up there than the government and the people that don't want this stuff out there. He says 60 Minutes even had a great deal of proof in that, but he said the greatest source of proof is from the US military and all of the pilots that he has seen and spoken to firsthand. And this is where his little interview gets really, really interesting to me. He says on multiple occasions, he's talked to pilots, the best pilots in the world. He says, if you talk to some of the best pilots in the world and they tell you that they've seen these objects and then when they report it, they get interrogated for like eight hours and then they get a blemish put on their military record. He says these freaking pilots have told him these stories over and over and to avoid the process of being interrogated, the pilots themselves would destroy any and all evidence of any videos that their planes captured during an encounter with an UAP. He said, it's pretty common knowledge amongst military pilots claiming that there have actually been nearly 13 near miss encounters with UFOs in recent years. He said, you got a $50 million aircraft and some of the best pilots in the world who are risking their lives. Why would they lie about this? Honestly, they're all going to do is they're going to catch hell and they're going to get a mark on their records, which they don't want. And they also don't want to get grounded. He says he is calling on the uh, powers that be within the Pentagon and everywhere else to just release the files. He says, release the unredacted files. Americans are already questioning what the US knows about alien life. It mentions the poll I told you about yesterday in this article. And then he says it's all about the dollar and they're trying to control it. And there's all there is about it. It's all about the money says, even though the idea that UFOs and aliens might be scary, he says, if they wanted to hurt us, they would have done it a long time ago because they've been around for a very long time. As a solid interview and it's very telling. And this guy is frustrated and he wants answers as they all do, but uh, think about it. Why are these guys not coming out? Why did they not come out sooner? Because they don't want their careers ruined. And that's what the government did to these guys for a long time, so shout out to this guy for trying to get to the truth. All right, up next, uh, you know what? Let's go into a story out of Sweet Home, Alabama. It's, it hurts my heart. It's the Big 49. Big big, 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 the big 49. Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Continuing my Thai Masterpool support from yesterday's show. Thai Masterpool is, by the way, the highest ranking privateer in the 450 standings right now. He needs your help, man. This dude's just trying to get to the races and have a bike that's worthy of battling these factory guys. You want to help him out go to his instagram account and follow that dude and then click on the link that he has to try and win his southwick jersey that he has autographed and he is trying to raise some proceeds that all go back to him and his racing efforts so go help out ty masterpool the guy's kind of a badass i'm stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now. for Fortnite. It's stretch show. Today's show is like deja vu of yesterday's show. I had a moto interview. I then went into a rant on Florida and sharks. I'm not doing that today. I'm not even have a what to Florida today, which is pretty rare, but I did have a UFO talk. And then I went into a story on Alabama being very Florida-like. And, well, boom, deja vu. Here we go again. 24 hours later. This is hurting me, man. But this story, and I saw it, I'm like, well, I can't cover this up. I'm not here to stop the spread of truthful news. I'm here to report on it, no matter how painful it is to the homeland. This one comes out of Montgomery, Alabama, where there was a person that was carjacked at gunpoint, and then the police saw the vehicle fleeing the scene, and they... Turned their lights on, tried to stop it. The vehicle fled. There was a pursuit. Vehicle then a short time later crashed. And the police were able to get in and make the arrest. You are like, what's so special about this? Uh, yeah. The carjacker, the armed carjacker that had a gun, was eight years old. Eight-year-old boy. Taken into custody. He has now been charged with first-degree robbery, attempting to elude and certain persons forbidden to possess a firearm and he was taken to the Montgomery County Youth Detention Facility, eight years old. I love the, the witness. His name's not Buzz. It's better. His name is Snake. Yeah. He said, I followed that vehicle uh, after the crash scene and I realized there's just little boy behind wheel. Little boy driving that car right there. Yeah, and it was saw. So I followed it. Yeah. He said, when I realized this little boy, I followed that car. Make sure nobody else got hit. I don't know how he was going to stop it, but that's what old Snake said. I don't know if he has an eye patch on or not. Yeah. He said, uh, he got caught because he couldn't drive very well. But Gordon couldn't drive nowhere well. You're a little boy right there driving that car. Yeah. Here's the better part. So the kid uh, has the crash. They say at one point after the carjacking, he picked up two adults. So this is a common real thing with, especially like gangs and stuff. They will have a, um, usually not an eight-year-old, but a minor commit their crime because the minors will get away with anything. And if they get caught, they're going to let them go when they're 18. Time served, it'll be off their record. They'll be expunged, and they can get on with their life to commit more adult crimes that they learned how to do in those uh, you know years they were in juvenile hall. I've been in juvenile hall before, not because I was arrested or was a child criminal. I went in with a charity group that was trying to help these kids at a juvenile hall here in Southern California, and they said, "All right, you guys sit down, and we're gonna bring the kids out, and they're gonna do this, and if these kids are all on best behavior." And they had to, you know, earn their way to see this show. And we're sitting there waiting for them. And then they go, now, when we bring out the kids in the orange jumpsuits, they're the murderers. I'm like, what? And, and I'm talking little 11, 12-year-old kids in orange jumpsuits. And it wasn't like there was a few of them. There was a whole section of them. And they were all, at this prison, they were all little gangsters. Little gangsters that killed somebody for their gang. And it is crazy. I got a feeling that's kind of what was happening here in Sweet Home, Alabama, but an eight-year-old carjacking somebody then leading uh, police on a high-speed pursuit is crazy. Eight years old. I had problems completely wiping my ass correctly when I was eight years old. I'd be like, I wiped my butt and not my butt, it's oh, man. Yeah. You uh, know, not going to have to worry about that juvenile hall. Somebody clean that right out for you. Man. All right, up next, I'm going to go into one of my family rants. I don't know which one I'm going to do. Uh, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my young people rant. That's what I'm going to do. My old man young people rant. That's coming up. We'll do that next. It's the big Fortnite. Big, big, big. big. Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I feel like all my ranting on the air and angry email writing started to take effect on the moto powers that be, or maybe they just saw the television ratings and they realized, holy crap, that fat idiot at the big 49 is right. These races are way too damn early on a Saturday morning. I mean, think about it. With California not only being the mecca of motocross, it is also the most populous state in America. Add to that, Washington, Oregon, etc., And you will realize, or at least stretched it a long time ago, this voodoo math doesn't add up. Why are you alienating about 30% of the nation's population with these early-ass races on a Saturday morning? So, this week, we got an extra hour. That's right, holy balls, the race coverage is going to start at 11 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. That's right, the races will start at 11 a.m. Big 49's coverage will start at 10 a.m., but we get an extra hour. This is amazing. I'm Stretch. You're welcome. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. All right, Big 49. It is a Stretch show.
1: <sighs>
0: I got to go into a rant. It's going to make me seem like an old crotchety man. And, and well, I am, so I should. And what's weird is I've had this rant. And I've never really gone off on it so much on the radio here because let me tell you right now on a daily i interview some of the toughest athletes i've ever met in my life and that is these motocross kids and they are young dudes but they're a different breed not only are they different because they're tough as all hell but they're not little vagines is what they are that they're, they're tough ass kids and they'll get up and then man these kids have their guts hanging out and be like yeah 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 you know just put some duct tape on it and put me back on the bike i want to race this race i can't say enough about the toughness of these moto kids that i get the pleasure of talking to on this radio station all the time but that being said i know a hell of a lot more young people who are not motocross racers i know a hell of a lot more young people that are basically giant vaginas and i'm not kidding i i'm really thinking that girls are now tougher than boys at this time in american history hey it's not good heaven help us if we ever have a war again and they have to put a draft in we're gonna lose because we'll have those tough bastards to sign up and they'll be good but the general population uh the general uh the recruited mofos, they're all going to just be pansy-ass pansies and it's going to be horrible. I don't know how we're going to do it. But let me get into to, to just my latest episode. Uh, remember, I'm very crotchety. And I am also prone to fight and punch people in the face. But that's how I was raised. I was that kind of kid. I was a scrapper. Scrapper kid. So, here we go. Today... I'd been in three hours of traffic, long story, but the end of my day ended up with me in bumper-to-bumper traffic for three hours. And then my drive home was that last hour of that traffic, but it was horrible. Maybe the worst traffic I've had in a very, very, very long time, heading home. So then I get to my house, and there's been an accident right down on Pacific Coast Highway. When that happens in this part of town, you're effed, you're effed. You better have an alternate route or you're effed. So I go up into the this hill in a way that you know to to get around it and the light is green and you can turn up into this canyon and a car two cars in front of me stops for the green light like there's traffic coming we have a green light and they stop for the green light to make a right turn eventually as it's sitting there with their head up their ass i lay on my horn and I'm two cars back, mind you. They finally go when they hear my horn and they start driving up the hill. We're driving up the hill into the canyon. And this is a small little road that the general population's gonna sit on Pacific Coast Highway because they don't know how to get around this stuff. I'm a local, this is my town. I've lived here for 20 something years. And this car in front of me is a rich kid car. And there's a lot of little rich kids live around here. And this car now is driving up the hill and it's a 35 mile an hour street and they're going 20 and I'm like, okay and I'm on their ass and I'm going 20 miles an hour all the way up this hill and my head's about to explode because like I just mentioned I've been in the freaking car for three hours now and I'm pushing on up pushing on up and I can't get around these guys this is a two lane road and there's head on traffic coming down the hill and I'm going up the hill and then there's a car that makes a left turn. And this is very common around here. What you do when a car makes a left turn, you just go around it on the right. Well, they pull to the right and stop. And at this point, I, I lose my I lose my mind, is what I do. I go full crazy. And I lay on my horn again. There's still a car between uh, me and them. And I'm like, go, you effing vaginas. I scream out the window that exact phrase. And they finally go around the car. I forced them. So now I'm like, all right, these little effers, and, and I can't see who's in the car. And I immediately get to where I can get next to that car and I pull up next to the red light and I roll my window down and I say, hey, you effing pussies. You drive like an effing grandma, get the f out of the road and pull your head out of your effing ass. And there's two young dudes in the car and they look at me horrified. Daring not to say a word because I think they were certain I was going to get out of my car and beat the pants off of both of those little vaginas. And we're talking 20-year-old something uh, boys that I'm sure live around here. And they were terrified. And I didn't say I was going to kick your ass or anything. I just said your freaking vaginas and you drive like little bitches and get the F out of the road and pull your head out of your effing ass. And they were terrified. And I'm like, dude... What is wrong? If somebody would have done that to me at that age, we'd have been fighting outside the road. We'd have been rolling around. We'd have been scrapping. And the fact there was two of them and one of me, and I wasn't challenging them to a fight. I'm, I'm a little older and wiser than that now, but I definitely wasn't walking away from one. And um, and they didn't even say F you, grandpa or anything. They just like rolled their windows up and took off and then and quickly turned down into a neighborhood, which I know they weren't going. They were doing that to get away from me because they thought I was a raging psychopath, and, and and I will own that to some degree. But what is? And by the way, driving 15 miles an hour under the speed limit, <laughs> and I can't get around you, that'll put me into a rage. That'll put me into a rage. I have that in the freeway too. When you're in the fast lane going 50, just move over. Just move over. Get in a slow lane and go 50. And even then, you're holding up traffic. You are impending the flow of traffic. But anyway, I I am sick and tired of little wussy-ass vaginas, and I worry about the state of America. And I I don't want to throw that broad blanket and say, all young people today are vaginas. Because, like I say, I meet young little warriors every effing day on this radio station that I interview that are badasses that ride motorcycles. It's not all of them, but it is a larger swath of them that are vaginas that aren't at this point Uh, in in my impression in my daily life and it is horrible it is just horrible like we are so screwed oh man what is wrong and and by the way drive the speed limit I'm not saying hey go 70 I don't drive I don't drive crazy I barely speed I go five miles an hour over the limiter seven I'm not a crazy driver but I do go the speed limit and if someone's on my ass, and I'm like, oh crap, I'm going 70, I should get out of the way, I'll move over. I'm not going to flip you off or brake check you, I'm going to be like, oh man, I better get over. But if I'm going like 85 and you're on my ass, I'll brake check you. And then I'll pull over and fight you. <laughs> I have weird, there's weird stretch rules of the road. And one of them is stop being a freaking vagine, stop stopping at green lights and stop going under the speed limit, or you will get your ass beat, you little bastards that's the rantings of a fat psycho coming up next let's talk to a young buck who is tough as hell his name is chase sexton kid is fast as hell too on a motorcycle and he is a friend of the 49 and we will have him next big big big, the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz Trolling the social media and I can tell you this, absolutely everyone with any knowledge in the Moto game is saying that Cooper Webb is a done deal to go to Star Racing Yamaha but they say KTM is preventing him from announcing it. And to be honest, the best explanation I've seen of the whole Cooper KTM split deal was from Cooksey. He said that KTM was pissed when he quitted the Baker's factory, then he was pissed when he went back to the Baker's factory and they gave Alden Baker all the credit for his success this year. He also says that Coop wanted to race the World Supercross and that KTM deliberately waited to dump him until after round one of that series to keep him from being able to go there and win a championship. There's all kinds of scoop. If you want to check it out, it's Cooksy Media on the YouTube channel. He's got a pretty good take on the story. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Okay, Bush. Big 4-9. It's a stretch show here on a hump day. Let's get back to some fun here. Just found out that Toronto, Canada may have had the coolest police department in the world and now it no longer exists because of a dumbass. wonder if this guy going to get beat up by his fellow officers. Let's get into this story. Ah, uh, there is a guy. And well, he got popped for a DUI. And you guessed it, he's a hes a 5-0, he's a police. Police officer. In Toronto. And, well, the problem is where he was drinking at, where he got that DUI that is now rained on the parade of all officers there in uh, Toronto. So here's what happened. There was a a bar. It was called the Executive Officer's Lounge. And they got a liquor license uh, in 1989. And they have been open for business ever since then. And now... The bar is pretty much shuttered. It is only going to be able to open on special occasions, and they will only be able to serve alcohol on very rare occasions at this executive officer's lounge. (laughs) Here's the problem. This bar, a real bar, was inside the police headquarters in Toronto. They had a bar inside their work for them to drink at. And then some dumbass went out and got drunk, and you guessed it, he got himself one of them uh, DUIs. Yeah, he's in there about three hours. Then he crashed his service-issued SUV into another vehicle in Ontario, and he was charged with impaired driving. Say it's unclear how long he was in the executive officer's lounge that day and whether or not he drank in the room. But he was definitely drunk. Now they're like, yeah, they got a a little tribunal together. And they're like, okay, he pled guilty. And he had uh, uh, too much of the blood alcohol content was too high. And he screwed it up for everybody. And they now have closed the executive officer's lounge inside of the Toronto police headquarters in Canada. Yeah. Cops are now trying to defend it going, no, 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 no. The, the liquor license was rarely used. It was open for them to go in and get refreshments and stuff. And we would have alcohol in there when we had dignitaries or visitors. Yeah, no, 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 And you had a bar in your police station and your cops are getting effed up and one went out and crashed his police-issued uh, vehicle while he was drunk. And now you gotta shut your bar down. That's effed up. It would've been a good place to be a cop. Would've been cool to after work to go in there and throw a few back, then go on about your business. Yeah, that guy's hated right now. That guy that got popped is hated by the rest of the police department. All right, coming up next, I'm going to give you guys a story, a real-life story, a real-life stretch story. thought I was being a nice guy, but apparently I'm not a nice guy. I'm a giant homosexual, according to my wife. I swear, I'm going to tell you this story. Tell me where you guys fall. I know Moto Man will say, yeah, stretch a giant homo. Oh, yeah, I'm down with that one. That's what happened. Yeah, but see what you guys think. I'm tell you this true story coming up in moments on the 4-9. big big the Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, Brian Deegan, I think, won the internet yesterday. He had a sweet video. It was a teaser video of his son, Hayden Deegan, on a two-stroke Yamaha, and he says it's time for some two-stroke, and he never shows the kid ride it. I mean, dude, it was two-stroke Tuesday, and you never had Hayden out ripping on the two-stroke, even though you had a good teaser video. I hope we get to see that kid tearing it up on the two-smokers. Everyone's got love in their heart for the freaking two smokers. I'm stretching Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ it is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. I got a meeting in the ladies room. I'm going to go in there and kick my wife's ass is what I'm going to do. If she wants to fight me. She called me Big Homo. Tell you, she wants to throw down. Let me tell you about this story. It's such a story. I swear this happened. So over the weekend, we needed a new screen. We have a psychotic two-year-old German Shepherd who literally ran so hard into a sliding screen door at my house that she bent the frame and I had to take the thing apart to get the screen off and then it couldn't be repaired because it was so bent you couldn't straighten it to slide it and I had to go replace the screen door so I was getting that and I was at the Home Depot it's a manly place go to Home Depot what did I need picked up a screen picked up some other things I needed for the house, and then, as I was walking, oh, we also have a fountain, and about ah, every couple of years, the pumps in the fountain will, blow out and stop working, or they'll start making a ton of noise, and you just throw them away and go buy a new one, and they're not cheap, by the way. Cheap one's about 40 bucks, and they get up to about 140 bucks, so... I get that and right next to the fountain. I see a hummingbird feeder. I love hummingbirds. I think hummingbirds are cool. They're outside my house all the time. They fly around and they'll fly right up to you, and they're like little fairy things. They go, and then they fight with each other. They're tough little bastards and they're cool and they don't make a mess and I like them. And I'm like, I'm buying a hummingbird feeder for the hummingbirds. And then I can't buy a feeder without buying some red uh, sugar juice for the hummingbird feeder. So I bring it home. I also bought a light fixture because one of the light fixtures just got old and it had been up in a bathroom we had for like 20 years. It was all corroded. So I did everything. I got done. I put the screen up. I replaced the light fixture. I replaced the pump and the fountain. I got everything done. Which by the way, all All of this at the request of my wife, who thinks I work for her. That's just she thinks. So, here I am. I'm like, ooh, I'm done with all of my stuff. And it's late. And, in fact, that night I I would have sent Moto Minutes, and I looked at how late it was, and I I had to call Moto, and I'm like, dude, I I totally lost track of time. I was uh, being my wife's bitch all day and didn't realize what time it was and didn't get that done. And it's like, no big deal. So he gets the Moto Minutes in. All is, all is fine. So, and by the way, my wife's already gone to bed. She's done. She, she's got the worker be doing the work. She, she doesn't care. And according to her, I don't do anything. And I'm uh, worthless. So I'm all done. I'm like, cool. Now I'm going to hang my hummingbird feeder. And I get some string. And I fill it up. And I hang it right on my porch. Right to the side of the porch. Uh, first thing I'm awoken to in the morning... On Sunday Is my wife going Oh my god Get rid of that Hummingbird feeder Move that Put it in the backyard And I said No We don't have Hummingbirds in the backyard They're in the front yard And I want to put it out here So I can feed them She's like No It's tacky And disgusting Move it And I'm like You know what And I get It It does like The wind will blow And the red sugar stuff Will slosh out You'll get ants So I'm like I'll move it down into the yard and we have like a pop-up umbrella in the front yard. And I'm like, I'm gonna hang it on there so the hummingbirds can get the flowers in the front and then they can get on the feeder. My wife is furious. She is furious. And she tells me, you're a giant, you're a fag. That's what she says, that's a horrible word to say. But that's what my wife calls me because I got a hummingbird feeder. I'm like, how do you equate that? Where does that come from? Oh, you're this hard, mean guy who buys a hummingbird feeder because you're a homo and I'm like where does this come from like what are you talking about it's like I didn't go to Home Depot and blow a bunch of dudes I bought a hummingbird feeder because I'm nice and I want to feed the hummingbirds no but apparently I'm a giant homosexual because I got a a hummingbird feeder and hung it in my house my wife still hates it and I know what's gonna happen she's gonna go out there and hide it or move it or do something because Anything in the house that isn't exactly what she wants will eventually go away or get thrown away or she'll say it fell and broke or the dog's knocked it, knocked over the umbrella. It's just going to be something. I'm going to come home and be like, what well, the hummingbird feeder? It's going to be gone. And then I'm going to go buy a bigger one at that point and I'm going to put them all around the house. We're going to have like 17 of them because that's how I'm going to roll on this. I'm not bending. I'm like, wait a minute. I was just being nice. I like hummingbirds. I think they're cool. And she's like, they crap everywhere. I'm like, they're hummingbirds. They're like the size of a... Freaking tiny, tiny, tiny teacup, like a shot glass, like they're tiny little things. They don't make a mess at all. They're super cool. No, they're they're homo, apparently, so I swear this happened. This is a real argument that's been taking place and is currently still taking place in this house. Even tonight, after my three hours of traffic and near a road rage incident on the way home, my wife called me and said get dinner on your way home I'm like really because it's funny you've been home all day and here I am after I've worked 10 hours and I've been in traffic the last 3 and I almost had to fight 4 people on the way home and now you want me to get food but I did I did I'm like hey alright fine so I get it and then I get home and get called the homo again for not taking down the hummingbird feeder I'm about to shove that thing right up your ass and <laughs> I swear man this is real this is a real fight I'm not budging I'm not giving in there's a, there's a biblical thing, too, in with me getting the hummingbird feeder for the birds. And I am not the kind of guy that can quote scripture to you, but I am familiar with the Bible. And I know there is reference in the Bible to how you shouldn't worry and you should have faith. And in your faith, you know, here we are always worrying about everything. When really, if we have true faith, you would just believe in, in God to provide for you or to make everything okay. I'm not saying you're not going to suffer hardship and you're not going to have bad things, but in this passage I'm talking about, it's references that, what do you think the, the fowl, the birds the birds in, in the sky, the birds that fly around, the birds in your local neighborhood, do they worry about food? No. They get up in the morning and they go find it, but guess what? It's provided for them. Everything they need. All the food they need and all the water they need is right there. They just gotta go get it. Same thing with you. You gotta work. Nothing's easy. Nothing's gonna be handed to you. But it's all there and he's like how much more important are you to god than the birds are that he's going to provide for you like don't worry have some faith and so i'm like you know what i like the hummingbirds and i'm going to help provide for them i'm going to help give them the food they need the nutrition they need and it's for a specific bird it's not like a crow's going to come down and eat out of my hummingbird feeder no it's little hummingbirds they're nice i guess they're really nice if you're a giant homo swear this has happened so I'll, I'll update you guys on this fight as it goes, but that's what's going on currently in my house. Let's get out of here now. Final hour of the stretch show. Start to Chase Sexton coming up, and then pack it in. It's the four nine, big four nine. It is a stretch show. It is time to go home. Tomorrow, uh, Thursday show, we will start. Tipping our nose into the weekend and diving headfirst in and getting ready for that. We'll have some 250s up. What does that mean? Uh, Tom Vial will be our special guest as we will talk to him. Tom Vial got his first ever win as a racer in America. Shout out to him. Dude's a two-time MX2 champion over in Europe. Came over here this year, raced Supercross, and now got his first win in the outdoor season and we will talk to him then on friday it'll be justin cooper and joe Shimoda added to that mix hi i got here i went so late it was this was the hardest show i've had to do ever in the history of the three years of doing the stretch show here on the 49 there was just nothing to talk about i couldn't find i had to let you into the mind of crazy and talk about things going on in stretch world that the crazy ranting old man was doing because I didn't have anything to talk about today. I'm getting too old to do this crap. I'm gonna just stop doing the 49 and sit in my front yard in a lawn chair and yell at people, squirt people with a hose when they get too close to my house. That's what I gotta do. All right, it's time for me to go. I gotta go get my lunch on. Old fat guy's hungry. Man i was on the phone yesterday for an hour talking to pharmacies trying to get all my prescriptions right i am old and fat I gotta, i'm retiring i'm setting the date I'm, the retirement is coming stretch is done put a fork in the old fat ass it is over god help me I enjoy and relax on my final days on this earth my god all right you guys enjoy the rest of your day i'm gonna go eat a freaking eat my frozen TV dinner I have for my lunch today and then jump off the roof. Criminy. All right, I will talk to you tomorrow. So until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.